such a blessing to get together and just worship the Lord. Of course, we are in the book of Revelation, been preaching through it. Um, I would be really encouraged if the Lord came before I got finished with this book. How about you? Amen? Wouldn't it be wonderful if the Lord came right now? Spare you from this sermon, huh? Meet Jesus. Amen? Awesome. Praise the Lord. Revelation chapter 13 is an incredible chapter. We'll not get through the whole chapter today because it is so full of beautiful truths, powerful truths. We are going to read the whole chapter because the Bible says in the first chapter of Revelation that we're blessed when we read the words of this prophecy. And when we hear it, we're blessed. And I'm glad that we're blessed when we hear the reading of God's word. And so we're going to be looking at it beginning with the first verse. I think there's 18 verses. Let's all stand. We'll read and we'll be looking at some beautiful things. I'll make some comments as I'm reading and then don't miss the comments I make. They'll be short, but don't miss it. And I stood upon the sand of the sea. That's John standing there at the Isle of Patmos. The sea is the Mediterranean Sea. I saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns. Well, John didn't have to say it was a beast. I can tell. And upon its horns, ten crowns. And upon its heads, the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like a leopard. And his feet was as the feet of a bear. And his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power. That dragon is the devil. And his seat, his position of authority and great authority. And I saw one of the heads as it were, wounded to death. And his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. And they worshiped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast. And they worshiped the beast, saying, Who is lacking unto the beast, and who is able to make war against him? And there was given unto him a mouth, speaking great things and blasphemies. And power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. That's three and a half years. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy, blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindreds, tongues, and nations. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Verse 9 is a proof that the church is not here at this time because seven times in chapter 2 and 3, it says, if any man hear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. It doesn't say churches here. It just says, if any man have an ear, let him hear. So the church is omitted here. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity, and he that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. And he exercises all the power of the first beast before him, and causes the earth and them that dwell therein to worship the first beast, 
whose deadly wound was healed. And he doeth great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven onto the earth in sight of men. And he deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which he had, which, which had been wounded, which had the wound by a sword and did live. And he had power to give life unto the image. That's the false prophet of the beast. And the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And he caused it all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand and on their forehead, or in their foreheads. And that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom, that him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. And his number is six hundred three score and six, or six, six, six. I want to use for a subject this morning the beast and the false prophet. You may be seated. The beast and the false prophet. Now, if we don't get chapter 13 right, then the whole book of Revelation is going to come out wrong. This book of Revelation is an incredible book. I'm not, a, I, I, I'm not one to believe that the book of Revelation has already been totally fulfilled. It has not. There is the preterist view. And you say, well, what is the preterist view? The preterist view is Nero was the Antichrist. Everything has already happened in Revelation in history. The only thing left is for Jesus to come back and pick up the pieces. That's a preterist view. But I believe Jesus Christ is coming back. When everything's broken up in pieces, he's coming back. But the Antichrist is going to do great damage. Great damage. Amen? The first beast is a politician. So you can understand great damage from a politician. The next one is the false prophet. He is a religious character. And they work together. There are two men, actually. A lot of people think, well, the Antichrist, it's just one man. No, there's two men involved here. You say, well, how do you know that? Well, in Revelation 19, verse 20, it says, and the beast and the false prophet were cast alive into the lake of fire and brimstone. Well, you know, there's a leader over this empire, over this, this union of nations. And that leader is a beast. You can't throw a nation. Well, I guess God can do anything, but you don't throw a whole nation into the lake of fire. You throw the leader of the nation because it says they both were thrown into the fire. Both were. And then after Satan is loosed after a millennium, the Bible says that the devil will be cast into the same place that the beast and the false prophet are. And that's in Verse 10 of Revelation 20. And the Bible says that they were, they're there, the beast and the false prophet are there, agonizing in pain and fire. 
And that's where Lucifer will end up, the devil, the old dragon, and he'll be there forever and ever and ever. Someone ought to shout whoopee right there. Amen. Devil's going to be shut up forever in the lake of fire. And by the way, the lake of fire was made for the devil and his angels. It was never made for humanity. Jesus is for humanity. And though Jesus wasn't made, he had a body that was prepared so that he could die for our sins and give us eternal life. And so everyone is born to be a winner. Did you know you were born to be a winner? Now we're going to go fairly slow in this chapter 13 because there are some great things that I want to point out. The Bible says that John sees a beast coming up out of the sea. That sea is the Mediterranean, no doubt. And the sea represents nations or people. And he said, I saw a beast come up out of the sea. And we know a sea is, is turbulent. There's a lot of storm. There's a lot of raging water in the sea. There's shifting sand. There's great havoc in the span of humanity. And so this great beast comes up out of the sea, and he is a monster. The Bible calls him a beast. Now, um, how many will agree that things are pretty stormy right now? Things are pretty hectic right now, but nothing like it's going to be. Man, we're on a Sunday school picnic compared to what's coming. I mean, there is going to be unrest, untold unrest. And because there is going to be so much unrest, death, earthquakes, hurricanes, storms, burning force, burning volcano ash, the atmosphere crumbling, the crust of the earth breaking up, all kinds of things happening in the first part of the 70th week of Daniel. In the first part, not the, not the middle, not the last. In the first part, there'll be starvation, there'll be inflation, there'll be all kinds of sickness and disease, and the earth will be in so much turmoil, they'll be more than willing to accept this beast that's coming up out of the sea. They'll be willing to accept the Antichrist. Now, a lot of people think, well, the Antichrist is someone that just is going to imitate Jesus. Well, the false prophet will. The false prophet will imitate Jesus. He'll also imitate Elijah, the prophets. But the Antichrist, the political Antichrist, he doesn't have any regard for God. He doesn't have any regard for anybody except his self and power. And he is the first beast in this chapter 13. The first beast coming up out of the sea is an empire. I believe it is the revived Roman Empire. Now, some people believe, well, wait a minute, there's no such thing as a revived or, you know, uh, 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 redeveloped Roman Empire. Well, we need to understand that, that the second chapter of Daniel leaves us in grave confusion because Daniel talks about ten toes being mingled with iron and clay and a rock cut out of the mountain without hands, that rock is Jesus. And Jesus comes and hits that ten toes, that clay, that great image that Nebuchadnezzar saw and it crumbles and it's scattered across the world. Not just Rome, but also 
Babylon, Assyria, Greece, all the kingdoms of the world. That would include the kingdoms of our day. Every kingdom that sets itself against God will crumble. And there's a way too many nations today that are setting their, their hearts away from God. But notice that this, this animal, this beast, has seven heads, ten horns. Now, the seven heads, you could call them empires. You could start with Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Persia, Greece, and then Rome. And then the one to come would be the revised Roman Empire. Now, if you're not going to count, um, if you're going to count Medes and Persians as two, then you leave Egypt out and go to Syria, Babylon, the Medes, then the Persians, the Greece, the Roman, and then the new revised Roman Empire. I, I tend to believe that the Medes and the Persians are all connected in one. So I think we're looking at Egypt, one of the heads, Assyria, Babylon, Persia, Greece, Rome. That is six heads, one to come. And the one to come is the revived Roman Empire. And it's not going to be like the Roman Empire that was here when Jesus came. It's going to be totally diverse. It's going to be, it's going to be mingled with Assyria, Babylon, Greece. You say, how do you know it's going to be mingled with Greece? Well, it says he looked like a leper, leopard there in verse 2, a leopard. That's a Grecian empire. It says his feet was as the feet of a bear. That's, that's the um, Persian empire. And then it has the mouth of a lion. That is Babylon Empire. Notice it's backwards here. And he said the dragon gives him power. So when you look at this, you, you understand that John is seeing a, a leopard, which is the Grecian Empire, a bear, which is the, the Medes and the Persians, a lion, which is Babylon. He omitted Rome. And the reason he omitted Rome is because the fellow that's coming out of the sea is Rome, the revised Roman Empire. You know, preacher, I, I, just, I just can't uh, see that. Okay, let's go to Daniel chapter 7, and let's see what Daniel says about it. Because I'm not just preaching words in the air. I'm just not saying things to make it, make it sound good. I'm not being a parrot about some other prophetic preacher. I want to quote Daniel, chapter 7, verse 1. And in the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, the grandson of Nebuchadnezzar, Daniel had a dream and visions in his head upon his bed, and he wrote the dream and told the sum of matters. Daniel spake and said, I saw my vision by night. Behold, the four winds of the heaven strove upon what? The great sea. That's the Mediterranean. Four great beasts came up out of the sea, diverse one from another. The first was a lion had had, that had eagle wings. I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked, and it was lifted up from the earth and made to stand upon his feet as a man, and a man's heart was given unto him. That is Babylon. The lion is Babylon here. 
Then he says, and behold, I saw another beast. And the second beast was a bear. And it raised up itself on one side and it had three ribs uh, in the mouth of it between the teeth of it. And they said thus unto it, arise, devour much flesh. And after this, I beheld another leopard, which had upon the back of its four wings, the fowl, the beast, and the four heads. And the four heads here is Alexander the Great's kingdom, the Grecian kingdom, leopard. And then it says, and dominion was given unto it. And I saw in the night vision, behold, four beasts, dreadful, terrible, strong, and exceedingly, and it was great iron teeth. This is Rome. And it devoured and break in pieces and stamped the residue with the feet of it. And it was diverse from all the beasts and were before it. And it was ten horns. And I considered the horns, and behold, there came up another uh, among them, another little horn. This is the false prophet, actually, before whom there were three of the four horns plucked up by the root. And behold, this horn was like the eye, like eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking great things. So we see that Daniel gives these descriptions of the beast in Revelation. So. We're just not pulling something out of thin air. We're seeing that Daniel saw them, but he saw them from where he was to where we are. Now we're looking back and we're seeing from where we are back to the beginning of Babylon. The leopard being uh, Greece, the, the bear being, um, uh, I think I said uh, Assyria, and the lion being Babylon. Okay, that's, that makes better sense, the line Babylon. So you still, you have the same description in Daniel that's coming. Now, I want to say quickly with, with, with urgency that we are quickly approaching a one world order. Now, someone said, well, NATO or the European Union you know, it, they had several nations. I think it was six, and then it went to seven, and then it went to 10, and then it went to 12, and then it bounced back to 11. And, and, and everybody was excited because it's got to reach the 10 mark. When it reached the 10 mark, everybody was happy, and then it went past. Well, the principle's here. And what's, what's happening is things are going to get so bad on planet Earth, so bad, that there are going to be 10 kingdoms that will join together to, uh, to produce a European Union, a, a type of NATO, and they're going to work to help the inhabitants of Earth survive. And in the middle of that is going to come a great world leader, and he's called the Antichrist, the first beast. He comes riding in on that false, that beast of the revised Roman Empire. Now, notice that it says in verse 4, they worship the dragon which gave power unto the beast and worship the beast, saying, who is like unto the beast, who is able to make war against him? Now, there's something about this first beast that a lot of people don't understand. There is, it's not just a, a kingdom, it's also a leader. And this leader is a, a uh, political antichrist. 
He has his own agenda. And he's going to set everything up so that he can rule the world. Oh, he has a mouth. He can talk. He blasphemes the God of heaven. Oh, my. He is something else when it comes to his, his orator ability, his ability to speak. He has all kinds of great power in which to speak. Go to Daniel chapter 11, verse 36 to 39. Daniel 11, chapter 36, or verse 36, rather, to 39. Notice it says, And the king shall do according to his own will, and he shall exalt himself and magnify himself above every god, and shall speak marvelous things against God. This Antichrist, political Antichrist, will speak marvelous things against God. Now, I believe in a good old King James Bible. And a lot of Bibles will translate that as blasphemies against God. I think the King James Version is accurate. He will speak marvelous things against God, the God of gods. In other words, the people will chant, it is marvelous. It is awesome. This guy has got it together. Man, he has the oratorial skills, this Antichrist, and he blasphemes God. He brings accusations against God. And Daniel calls it marvelous things against God, the God of gods. And she'll prosper till the indignation of accomplished. In other words, he'll prosper till God says it's time for him to be through in the lake of fire. For that is determined shall be done. In other words, God says he's got his day. Everybody, you know, everybody has to pay. Every puppy has his day. Everybody meets his Waterloo. And neither shall he regard the God of his fathers, nor desire the uh, uh, women, nor regard any God, for he shall magnify himself above all. Now notice it says, neither shall he regard the God of his fathers, nor desire, this is verse 37, the desire of woman. Now, a lot of people believe that because of he doesn't regard the desire of women, they believe he'll be an, uh, um, a gay, a homosexual. Some people believe that. And then they get mad because the, the theologian or the Bible commentator says it might be a homosexual. They get all upset. Why? You always want to be included in everything. But I don't think that's necessarily that he's a, a, a homosexual. I, I do think that the desire of women in Daniel's days was every woman wanted to have the Messiah. And he did not respect the desire of women, the, the, the virgins who wanted to have Jesus. And the Bible says that he does not regard the God of his father. So he, he very well could be a Jew. I'm not saying that for sure, but you do know that if you're a, uh, if you're born in a family where the mother's a Jew and the father's a, a Greek, you're a Jew. If you're, if you're born vice versa, you're still a Jew. That's how they have it set up. You're a Jew either way. If one of your parents is a Jew, you're a Jew. So that could be very, very uh, possibility of the landmass of different types of uh, Arabian nations and Jewish uh, state. But it says he doesn't regard... And he magnifies himself above all, but in his estate he shall honor the God of forces. Now there's an interesting statement. He shall honor the God of forces, not shall, uh, he, that his fathers knew not 
shall he honor with gold, silver, and with precious stones and pleasant things. In other words, he said, he will honor the God of his father. Uh, he said, he will, he will honor the God of forces and a God in whom the fathers knew not. Let me say this right now. He's talking about weapons that no one can describe here. He, he's, he honors the God of force, the power. I think you can see nuclear weapons here. I think you can see missiles. I think you can see great artillery. He honors the power that what these weapons will do because his fathers didn't know anything about it. All they knew about were spears and swords and whatever. But here we're talking atomic bombs or neutron bombs or nuclear weapons. And he'll honor that with gold and silver and precious stones and pleasant things. Thus shall he do in the most strongholds with a strange God. What strange God is that? Well, I think it's, it's that nuclear God. It's that atomic God. It's that, it's that um, uh, part man, part computer God. It's that android God. It's that, and we're going to get into that a little bit later on. It, it's that part man and part machine God. It's technology God. He'll get into this strange God. And he shall acknowledge and increase with glory, and he shall cause them to rule over many and shall divide the land for gain. In other words, he, he'll plunder the land. Now, I want to get into some things that, that really has me concerned because here you've got a man that it rises up out of the nations. He becomes a leader over 10 kingdoms. He has... He is revived. Now, some people believe that the, the head that's wounded, mortally wounded, means that Rome was mortally wounded, and then later on, um, then Rome will revive. Now, that is a lot of people who believe that there's, no, there's only one person, the false prophet, he's the Antichrist, and then the other is just government. I don't believe that. I do believe there's two men. One is a, a political Antichrist, and one is a prophet, a religious Antichrist. That's what I believe. I believe that because of uh, Revelation 19, verse uh, uh, 20, and, and Revelation 20, verse 10, because it's a person. There's two people here. And so you've got a guy that's talking. Uh, he has great articulate ability. He's, he's letting the world know that he can solve their problems, just like a politician. We're going to solve the world's problems. And trust me, the world is going to be a million times worse than it is now. When this, sea, when this, this beast comes up out of the sea. And he will take his position upon his head, crowns, those ten kingdoms, uh, has crowns them, and, and they're crowned. Uh, he's crowned. He has power and authority. He's, he has great ability to articulate. He is the star, the superstar of the world. I believe at that time setting, when he really gets in his motion of power, when he really gets in his motion, let me, let me read a little bit before I make this statement, because I, I, I want you to be able to keep your false teeth in. <laughs> Notice it says he speaks... He makes war with the saints, verse 4. You say, see there, that's the church. What? You think you're the only one going to be saved after the catching away of the church? What's the matter with you? 
God always had people saved. They'll always be saints. They were saints before you got here, and they'll be saints after you're gone. And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things, meaning he was blasphemy. He's, he's, he's going against the God of heaven, the God of gods. Power was given unto him to continue 42, that's th- th- uh, three and a half years. He opens his mouth and blasphemies against God to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, and them that dwell in heaven. I think he blasphemes God, he blasphemes the church, he blasphemes those that worship God on the earth. He blasphemes them all. He blasphemes the church in heaven. And the Bible says that he made war against the saints in verse 7 against every kindred, tongue, and nation, and all that dwell on the earth shall worship him whose name is not written in the book of life and the lamb slain from, from, from the foundation of the world. If any man uh, have an ear, let him hear. And Now, let me say something real quickly in verse 10. A lot of people don't understand verse 10, but you need to hear this. Christians are not told to rise up and take arms and fight. We're not encouraged to take arms, rise up, and fight. That's, that's, that's not the way Christ took care of things. And that's not the way he wants you to take care of it. Now, I believe in self-defense. I believe in self-defense. Someone come in here shooting, somebody will plug you right between the eyes. You come in here shooting. It'll be done. I believe in self-defense. But notice what it says in verse 10. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with a sword must be killed with a sword. Now he says, here is the patience and the faith of the saints. What's he saying? It'll get so unbearably you'll want to fight. But keep your patience. This is the patience of the saints. You don't fight. You don't rally an army to go against this because when you do, you can't, you can't fight this, this beast. You can't overcome this, this leader. You've got to yield to Jesus Christ. You cannot take up arms and fight. And, I, and that's the patience of the saints. Oh, you'll want to. But the scripture says in several places in Revelation, the patience of the saints. You're going to have to have patience. Patience for what? Patience for Jesus coming. Amen? Now let me point out verse 3. And I saw one of his heads, as it were, wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. Now look at verse 12. And he, exercise, he exercises all the power, this is the false prophet, of the first beast before him, and causes the earth and them that dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. Look at verse 14. And deceiveth them that dwell on the earth, this is the Antichrist, the false prophet, by the means of those miracles, this is the false prophet, which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast, which had the wound by a sword and did live. Now let me give you two interpretations, and I'm going to tell you what I believe in just a moment. One is they believe the head that was wounded to death is Rome. And when it revives back, it will be like a miracle. Rome will return. The only problem with that is, is Rome was never assassinated. Rome just defragmented. It just fell apart. The two iron legs of Rome that Daniel saw just disintegrated. The one leg of Rome was strong. The other leg of Rome was uh, lasted a little longer. I'm told that all the territory of Rome in those days 
I'm told, not all, I'm told that 70% of the land mass of Rome in that day is inhabited by ISIS Muslims. Think about that. Just think about that. So we, we kind of go a different direction. Everybody says, well, you know, it's the Catholics. It's Catholic. No, it's not the Catholics. It, it's, it's, it's a demonic force. I believe you say, well, the Catholics be here after the rapture of the church. Yeah, and a bunch of Baptists will too. A bunch of assemblies of God will too. A bunch of the church will be left here after the church is called away. And, and there'll be a one world church order and it'll be made up of Catholics, yes, but other denominations as well becomes a one world church in which the false prophet will try to steer and guide. In fact, the harlot, which is, where's that, in 17th chapter, is riding this same beast. She's a harlot of religion and she, finally the beast kills her. Because why? The Antichrist does not respect any God. No God, no religion, and in time he will kill the harlot in the book of Revelation, chapter 17. Now, um, I, I said all this to, to bring your attention to something. Yes, Rome will return, a revised Roman Empire. There will be a great empire rise, and it will have technology that's totally out of this world. We'll get in that in just a little bit. There'll be technology. How many, how many will agree that we've come a long way, baby, from the cell phone to now? Amen? I mean, I'm so old, I remember when you had to wait and get home to see if you got a phone call. I'm so old, I remember that the phone would ring, ding, 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 and then that meant that wasn't you, that's your neighbor. I'm old enough to know that when you need to use the phone and, you know, loudmouth Bertha's on the phone, you can't get... You have to go on there and say, it's an emergency. Would you get off the phone? Well, listen to phones part called party lines. Don't, I don't understand why they called them party lines because there was never a party. <laughs> I remember when you had to go across the street and answer a pay phone because you're cheating Ma Bell out of a dime because you have your people in the next town call the phone booth because you don't have a phone you hear the phone ringing and some stranger beats you to the cell uh, to the uh, phone booth and you're standing outside the phone booth and they'll come and open the door of the phone booth and say are you so and so yep this is for you and they hand you the receipt I, I, I'm old enough to know that the cordless phone was not a cordless phone in fact you had a long cord that would stretch from the kitchen all the way into the bedroom. Amen? How I many remember that? I remember when Judy would do that. She'd have a long cord go across, and Josh would want to do jump rope over it. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Technology has, has gone out of this world. In fact, we're at the place now computers will be embedded in human beings. Half man, half machine. We're there. We're actually farther there than you realize. We're actually farther ahead in technology than you can begin to think. Um, I believe that this Antichrist that is so good. You know, when I was a young man, I remember when John F. Kennedy was assassinated. 
Well, remember that? I was just a little boy. I, I mean, I was just a little boy riding the school bus. Someone said, the president's been assassinated. I thought, what assassination mean? Been shot. Oh, well, that's good. I didn't understand. But as a little boy, I watched on my black and white television, America plunge into great mourning and grief. To this day, he's a hero to most, if not all. He was taken out young in his prime. He was assassinated and he died, and the whole nation plunged into grief. Same thing's going to happen with the Antichrist. He's probably going to be assassinated. And the false prophet is going to raise him and heal him. How else will the Jewish people accept the false prophet? He will do wonders. Second Thessalonians chapter 2. He will do wonders. Called far out of heaven. He will heal the wound of the first beast. I just read some scripture to you. Let me prove that to you. Go to Zechariah. Zechariah chapter 11. Oh, you can see the handwriting on the wall here. Zechariah chapter 11, verse 15 to 17. This is Zechariah. Oh, thank God for Zechariah. How many thanking the Lord for Zechariah? Here's what Zechariah says about the end time. And the Lord said unto me, take unto thee yet the instruments of the foolish shepherd. The foolish shepherd is the Antichrist. For lo, I will raise up a shepherd in the land, yeah, a leader over the world, which shall not visit those that be cut off, neither seek the young ones, nor heal that which is broken, nor feed that which uh, is, is standing still, feed that, that standing still, he shall eat the flesh of the fat, tear their claws in pieces. Antichrist. Woe to the idle shepherd. Now notice the idol is not idol like you're twiddling your thumbs. Idol is idol like statue. Notice the idle shepherd, like statue, that leaveth the flock, the sword shall be upon his arm, Upon his right eye, his arm shall be clean, dried up, and his right eye shall be utterly darkened. I think you see an assassination attempt of the first beast. And the false prophet has raised him and healed him. But in the, in the process of it, he gets his arm withered, and he has a patch on his eye. He loses one eye, part of his eyesight. He survives, and the whole world, whoo, who can stand against the image of the beast? Who can stand against him? He's incredible. And the Jewish people will say, wow, that's our, that's our Messiah. That's our, that's our man. And the whole world will go into joy. That's how it's going to happen. Think about what I'm saying. How else would the Jewish people accept this false prophet unless he does something like Elijah? You can, you can read it in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. 
He can call fire out of heaven. He can do great miracles. He's, he sits in the temple, and of course, he steps over bounds, and he claims he's God. But notice the Bible says that he's called the idle shepherd in verse 17. Now, if you remember in chapter 13 of Revelation, they put an idol in the temple. Notice, notice in verse 14, and deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image, an idol, to the beast, that the wound by the sword and did live. Who did that? The false prophet did that for the Antichrist. What are they going to put up? An idol in the temple. We know that idols in the Old Testament cannot see. They have eyes to see, but they can't see. They have hands, to, 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 but they can't deliver. They have feet, but they can't walk. They, they have a mouth, but they can't speak. But our idols can. Whether you call them androids or robots or whatever, our idols can. And I think there's very possibility that they will put the image of the first beast in the temple and it will have eyes to see, ear to hear, tongue to speak. And, and John seeing this, he gave, the false prophet gave power to the first beast, the idol, to live, to speak, to move. Well, think about it. John sees a computer that starts moving, hearing, moving about. That's kind of how I think I would describe it in the, in the area he was living. You say, well, preacher, you're just way out there. I know, and I'm loving it. Like it out there. But now I'm not saying that all of this is 100% correct. You know, I'm not saying that I've got it and everybody else don't. I'm not saying that I know all about it and I know what's going on. I'm not saying that at all. I'm sharing with you possibilities. I'm not saying that the first beast will be assassinated and the, and the false prophet will revive him. But Zechariah gives us a little insight what could happen. He very well could be attempted assassination. And he lived. And how many know if John F. Kennedy would have been healed by somebody? that America would went absolutely crazy. They would have shouted, and they would have, they would have did anything John said to do. But John F. Kennedy's dead. He's just a man. He was a good man, good president. And I believe the first beast that comes up out, he's wicked. God sees him with, with these heads, these seven heads. God sees him with ten horns. God sees him as a beast. But, but the world will see him as a good man. You see, there, there's some things about this Antichrist that I want you to see. First of all, he's wicked, verse 2. He's wounded, verse 3. He's wordy, verse 5 and 6. He's all about war, verse 7. He wants to be worshipped, verse 4, 8, and 12. So what we're seeing is a man who wants to be a worshipped, and of course the devil gets worship out of it because 
Anytime you live for the devil, you're worshiping him. You maybe don't think you are, but he's getting worship from you when you live for the devil. The devil wants you to serve him. And when you serve him, the devil strikes that up as worship to him. I don't want to worship the devil. I want to worship God. I don't want to do anything that brings any pleasure to the devil. Nothing, 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 nothing. I don't want to do anything that brings pleasure to the devil. I want to do everything that brings pleasure to God. And so I'm just sharing you some possibilities. I'm not saying for sure that the, the, the first beast will be assassinated. But it does show kind of lean that way when you talk about wounded to death in his head. Uh, verse 12 says that the false prophet exercises the same power. He comes out of the earth. Now, the first beast comes out of the sea, the masses of people, probably a Gentile antichrist. But the second beast comes up out of the land. And the land here is not talking about America. The land here is not talking about China. The land here is talking about Palestine, that area from Ben to Beersheba, from Egypt to the great Euphrates River, the what we call Bible land, Middle East. And so this false prophet will come up out of the land and he, he will promote the first beasts that come up out of the masses of people. How many would agree that that is just an awesome stuff when you think about it? We're there. We're, we are there. This world is already in such a mess that they, would, they will welcome a good new world order. The only one standing between the new world order and it happening is the church. We're the only thing standing between the new world order. We're the only thing standing between the big green new deal. We're the only one standing between the one world government. We, the church is the only one standing between the total chaos. We are he who led us, will let until be, he be taken out of the way. Then shall the wicked one be revealed. We are the church that's going to be removed. And when we are removed, the world will be more than willing to receive the beast up out of the sea. And the Jews will be reluctant at first, but I believe the false prophet will convince them through this assassination attempt. There'll be a great honor. Everybody, everybody loves a hero, correct? Everybody loves a hero, even make-believe heroes. You go to the movies, the, the theaters are full because make-believe heroes. Everybody, my make-believe hero when I was a little boy was Superman. You know, faster than a speeding bullet. What was it? Uh, leaping over tall buildings. What was the other one? More powerful than a locomotive. There are some old people in this room. Now, Judy's special, incredible superhero was underdog. <laughs> underdog. Now we have a generation, their superhero is Pee Wee Herman. 
No, everybody likes a superhero. That's why Iron Man is so popular. Amen? And the ladies, you know, who can, who can leave out? Wonder Woman? Come on. Let's get real. All women are wonder women. Amen? But everybody likes a superhero. What if one comes along and actually is a superhero? Well, that's what... He's going to be, he's going to be a super villain. He's going to appear to be a great guy. And he's going to get everybody following him of the masses. And the false prophet's going to say, follow him. Go with him. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. Take a chip, take a mark, whatever. Whatever you need to do, you do it because he's our last hope for humanity. And that false prophet will promote that. I'm sure glad I'm getting ready to leave. Amen. I'm glad I'm getting ready to leave. But we're right here at the breaking point of the first beast coming up out of the sea. Amen. Come on. See, that's impossible. Well, look, who's, look, look who we've had in the White House lately. Anything's possible. Look, look what's happening in the land today. Anything's possible. We're, we're living in crazy land. Nuttyville, crazy land. Out of this world, the next great event will be aliens from another planet. Now, some of you are laughing at that, but that probably will be one of those little deals that will come along. Well, i got news for you. All the aliens can show up in the world that they want to. If I'm still here, Jesus is still Lord. Someone asked a preacher, do you think there's life on other planets? He said, I don't know, but I know this. If there is, Jesus is still Lord. I believe that. So we'll be back in Revelation, obviously, next Sunday. And I'm going to talk more about the false prophet. And I'm going to talk about the mark of the beast. And, and it isn't just 666. It talks about the mark of the beast. talks about different things of the beast. So it's not just 666. There's a, and, you know, you can come up with all kinds of numbers. I mean, you can, you can kind of do calculation. I remember in my day when I was younger, Henry Christender was the Antichrist. I didn't know that. If he is, he's lived a long time and stayed out of my way. Amen? Henry Kissinger was the Antichrist. Nixon was the Antichrist. Ronald Reagan was the Antichrist. Uh, Gorbachev that just went to meet his maker was the Antichrist. Everybody, Clinton was the Antichrist. Everybody's the Antichrist. You know, these guys are the Antichrist. And, well, they may be Antichrist, but they're not capital A Antichrist. Everybody's the Antichrist. Someone said, well, do you think we've ever had Antichrist. No, we've had little a Antichrist in the, in the land. But I ain't seen anybody smart enough to be the Antichrist. Amen? I hadn't heard anybody talking on television or giving speeches political that, that could pass for wondrous words, great articulation. Amen? 
Well, I think so-and-so's anti. Somebody told me that. I can't remember who they said it was. but they. And I remember I said, and I, I hurt their feeling. Their bottom lip pushed out. They were all upset. I can't remember who. I wish I could remember who it was. But anyway, they said they believe it as Antichrist. And they're not in this room, so don't think I'm talking to somebody in this room because I'm not. But they thought the Antichrist. And, and I remember what I told them. I said, he's too dumb to be the Antichrist. Amen? This guy's going to be brilliant. This guy's going to be articulated. He's going to be, he can, uh, in oration, he's a, he, marvelous things. And he will convince the world that the God of gods is not God. And that we don't need the God of gods. He will convince the world that we're going to bring in a utopia. That we're going to see it all done. I mean, no, most people are right there. Most people are right. That's where they want to be. They don't want you in their life. A lot of people don't want us in their life. And the reason they don't want us in their life is because they don't believe in our God. And they don't believe in our standards. Well, bless your heart. One day I'll be gone and you can have it all. You can have it all. Amen. You can have the beans and the hill of beans. The beans is in. You have it all. Stand with me. We're going to give an invitation. Are you ready? Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready for the Lord to come. I'm ready for the return of Jesus Christ. How many ever seen some of them robots talking? Ain't they eerie? They're, they're smarter than we are. It's weird what them robots can do. And I think that that's probably what John saw in his vision a idol that actually could talk. And he gave the false prophet the credit for giving life to it, but that, that's not true. He's going to be a, a, a great man of wondrous power, but he's also going to be a, a man of deception. And so we want to give you an invite. If you're not ready to meet the Lord, you need to get ready. If you're not prepared, trust me, that beast is going to rise up any moment. When he rises up, he's going to tell the world, we got to do this. In order to save mankind, everybody's got to do this. We've got to do this and do this. If we're going to have sanity in the world, we got to do this and do this and this. Thus the mark of the beast. Thus the chips. Thus the leadership. Thus the guidance. Thus the direction of the world. And they will know everything we're doing, everything we're saying, everywhere we're going. They'll know it all. Not me, because I'm going to go where they don't have a computer chip. Amen? Amen? Now, I don't have a dog, but I've seen some of your dogs, and they need a computer chip. They need one. Amen? I don't think the mark of the beast is computer chip. I think it's something a lot more simple than what we've realized. Altar's open. We want to invite you to come. I mean, I mean, glad you came. And Did you learn something today? Did you learn something? I hope you did. hope you learned some things. And, and it's going to be incredible. I'm excited. So next Sunday, we'll be in the false prophet, the second beast coming up out of the land. We'll look at some things. We'll look at maybe the, the um, kingdoms and what's going to rise up and different things. Daniel's got a lot yet to say about it. And uh, we'll get to see some beautiful things, chapter 13.
Altar's open. You come if you want to give your heart to Christ. If you need to make things right with the Lord, because there's coming a day and it's coming soon. Be ready. Be ready. Altar's open. You come.